Welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to follow your passion and purpose. My name is Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of ATL Europe Group, also the creator of Kitty Talks. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. All our interviewees have been carefully selected and you will hear amazing inspirational stories of people who have listened to their little voice and followed their purpose. They will reveal bite-sized tips and success secrets that can help you to fulfill your passion and purpose on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and sign up for our exclusive club where you can hear behind-the-scenes footage. These interviews will inspire you to take action. Please like and share so others can have the courage to follow their passion and purpose too. share inspirational life stories that encourage you to create yours. And today I have with me David Brower. He is the sensorial guy. So David, what is the sensorial guy? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, Kitty. This is going to be great. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of different things, but really uh, what, I'm, what I'm striving in this world is to, to spread a, uh, a sense that we can actually um, live an amazing life uh, that's a lot driven by pleasure, which I think a lot of people have um, misconstrued today and uh, believing that somehow there has to be a tremendous amount of, amount of pain actually to, uh, to, to help us live a life that we love. And so I've really built my life and built the experiences that I do with people now based on a, uh, a belief and an experience now that I've had a lot of people that we can actually uh, get a sense of who we are and really what we want to, you know, what we want to enhance and evolve in ourselves, uh, stimulated by something that's pleasurable much more than something that is, you know, necessarily painful or, you know, kind of a little bit kind of scarcity mindset, right? I'm much more of the abundant, um, you know, hearts that soul set, spirit energy set that really believes that, you know, life is uh, to be loved. And what I mean by that is to, to really take full advantage of of everything that we we feel and that we um, uh, that we taste and we smell, it's kind of to open up this palette that we have in the world. When it feels like everyone today is narrowing it down, you yeah. know, to follow a certain diet or to only hang out with you know, certain like-minded people, or I believe there's a diversity of of emotion and uh, ways of being, uh, and a lot of it really uh, when you associate it with a certain sense of pleasure. And appreciation for beauty uh, and these types of things. Uh, for me, it actually helps us actually transform our life. It helps us get the shifts that most people are looking for to live a more qualitative life, a life that's more aligned with who they are, a life where they take ownership for their, their choices, where they become a real leader uh, in, in moving things forward. But in a way that's uh, you know, not, not so much the stick, it's much more 
uh, the carrot, but the carrot, the carrot actually looks like something pretty darn tasty. It's not a carrot, right? I've seen, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen pictures of your retreats, your weekends, your evenings, and oh my god, goodness, it looks amazing. You know, it looks like a complete transformational experience that people are going through when they're with you. So I'm incredibly interested to experience that myself. I may hasten to add. <laughs> <laughs> That will happen, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So what was it that inspired you? You know, how how did you kind of come to that point in your life? What was, um, uh, what? when did you decide, right, I'm going to be the sensorial guy and this is what I want to do? Well, I probably felt that this is really, uh, really who I am, this mix of different, uh, different, um, uh, kind of activities or you know passions like this crossroads, this vortex, uh, this you know target uh, was always part of what I was doing in my life in one way or another, but never all mixed together. Uh, I grew up in a family that was in the entertainment business. Uh, you know, we lived in Beverly Hills, and uh, you know we uh, we did a lot of stuff related to obviously theater and cinema. Uh, both my parents were in that industry, in that world, uh, on the performer side as well as on the business side. And so I grew up in kind of a household that uh, gave a lot of attention to uh, the performing arts. Were they, uh, were they like in the movies, your parents? or Because I, I do, I, I'm, obviously you and I have had a conversation previously, and I, I, I'm going to have to share this because it was one of my favorite programs when I was a teenager. But, you know, you actually <laughs> went to, you actually went to uh, Beverly Hills High School, which was obviously in 90210, which I watched avidly for like the first <laughs> five years of my teenage life. So, yeah, you actually, <laughs> you actually went to that school, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, like? was, uh, <gasps> what was that like? It was an amazing place to, to go to school. Um, and were there Ferraris in the car park? Yeah, there's Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Porsches but driven by 16-year-olds. So that's, uh, that's part of the, uh, how do you call it? That's part of the sort of the, uh, uh, the motivation and the, uh, the terrible uh, um, differentiation that suddenly you know, your ego grabs onto when you're especially that age and, and kind of feeling that you're, you're, not, you're not enough. You don't have enough. You never have enough. I mean, with people that have so much money around you, you know, like every week someone would come with a nose job, uh, a wow. bandage on their nose, uh, uh, you know, live in extraordinary houses, go on, on holidays, every holiday skiing, you know, Latin America, wherever. Uh, and uh, so it's, a, it's quite destabilizing, you know, that and also all the money that's for drugs and yeah. you can imagine kind of everything that's going on there. So it creates a tremendous amount of, uh, of, of tension in a lot of ways and uh, how everyone dealt with that is really what really forged uh, their, their character. Like it certainly forged my character. Uh, uh, I didn't really like high school too much. Actually, it was a, you know, a period where uh, I was too small. Uh, I wasn't, you know, so-called, I guess, wealthy enough in my own mind. Uh, and, you know, I just started losing friends and uh, couldn't get into any of the sports teams because I was too small. Uh, and I was extremely self-conscious, you know, took everything so personally. And I thought I would maybe go into sort of this acting world. And, and that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, meanwhile, my parents were kind of struggling, uh, in the relationship and ended up getting divorced. And so I was, I was kind of caught in a turmoil that didn't, 
did make me feel like I was really in a place that uh, I wanted to to be in some respects. I couldn't really find my my grounding. And yet today I look back and it's really amazing. I say, well, wow, that's actually what forged my very independent character. Right. My very, uh, you know, having to go the extra mile outside the school, for example, to take uh, Taekwondo classes uh, or get up at six in the morning to go to zero mile jogging with five of their students, all of them like super high performers, right? And I'm just there because I can't play any of their sports because uh, I'm too small, even though I'm super athletic. Yeah. Uh, and I came from grammar school and I was like, you know, it was like one of the, uh, you know, kind of great people in the school, athletic wise and with girlfriends and great friends and, and all these kinds of things. Even though apparently I learned recently, I was always surrounding myself with big bully guys yeah. <laughs> as my friends. Right. So I'm looking at that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's really, uh, it really shifts your consciousness because uh, you're not even aware that there's maybe another way of looking at yourself in the world. Uh, and getting appreciation that's not just about all this exterior stuff yeah. that uh, makes you, you know, interesting, beautiful, attractive to someone, feel good in your skin. Um, you, you don't realize you actually have a lot of agency over the choices that you make and where you go from it and how you react to that. And clearly at the time, I didn't react very well. Uh, you know, I was, I was doing a bit of drugs and drinking stuff and end up, getting sick a lot and so left all my friends right. and they left me because we just couldn't hang out anymore. Yeah. And, you know, boom, uh, you know, I was kind of all alone for a bit of, bit of a period in high school. Well, but yeah, you, I look back on that today and I give it such a, like, wow, that was my path. Yeah. You know, that, well, you yeah. hear it so much, you know, like, so, you know, because obviously this kind of um, a world full of extremes, you know, and if you're in that environment, yeah. you know, it's so easy, you know, you hear it from people who are in the, the Hollywood industry, you know, and obviously, it's yeah. a, it's too much, you know. So, so what was it that that taught you? You know, obviously you can see that that's part of your path. Why do you think you needed to go through that? I think I need to go through that. I feel like I needed to go through that to appreciate, uh, firstly, that, you know, nobody knows anything. And that's a famous uh, expression in Hollywood. Really, nobody knows anything. This is what happened when George Lucas was, you know, passing around Star Wars and no one wanted the movie. You know, why? Because no one knows anything. Yeah. And then why did the one studio, which I think was uh, Universal, took the movie? Uh, because nobody knows anything, right? So, uh, you know, once you, once you can really embody that and appreciate that, uh, you realize on one side, you know, you got to argue for what you feel in your heart and, and be passionate about that. And at the same time, not take things so personally. Uh, you're going to constantly be shot down. You know, no idea is good enough. No story is good enough. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you got to have the, the, the uh, you know, resistance to not take that to heart. Mm. Uh, and at the same time, have the heart in you to keep your heart in it. So it's a, it's a really beautiful dance, but I think that's easier to, uh, it's easier to live with if you don't let your head kind of screw with you. As the head is really what gives the interpretation to, what's happening, uh, you know, when, if we can kind of get out of that and the focus on that and get more into, you know, realizing that there's more there uh, and it doesn't have to, to be that way. And there's no dead end and there are lots of other avenues and lots of other solutions and no doesn't necessarily mean no tomorrow. I mean, so to give yourself a little bit of a break and not take things so dramatically personally or so 
like, uh, you know, a no is a failure and just keep going. So you learn a lot of tenacity through those types of uh, uh, experiences where ideas or movies or things like this are not, don't fly or, you know, even when it does happen, you know, it flops or whatever, but, you know, you just keep getting up and keep going. You know, you're always, you're only as good as your next movie, as they say, which is a great way to keep you, keep you looking. What's the next, what's the next movie there? And also you realize, you know, when you play in stories and stuff a lot, you realize, you know, we all have a story that's in the making. It's all really our movie. So if we can live less vicariously um, and bring that more into a more um, visceral, uh, a more direct experience of the world where, you know, the dare, the daring that we're taking is, you know, actually us getting into our own movie. We're the one directing our and starring in our own movie. We're not just starring and letting someone direct us, right? We suddenly become a real auteur of, uh, of our life. Uh, and yeah, that's full of a lot of stuff. Well, it's a, but it's a really good point what you make because obviously your experiences make people be in the moment, you know, and actually, you know, when we are trying to find our passion and purpose, it's, you know, it can be too easy to think, oh, it, it lies better over there. And actually, you know, what we do have to enjoy is the here and now because every bit of it is part of our past. Um, and by the sounds of things, that's kind of really what you're getting people to tune into with what you're doing. Yeah, and to connect to, to connect with themselves, not so through, through the head. It's like this, this great question, of, you know, you just say to somebody, well, how do you feel about that? And they say, uh, well, I think I feel. I'm like, no, 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 no. How do you feel about it? Well, I think I feel. No, 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 don't pass it this way, right? Kind of feel it here and come from there. Because for me, really, at the end of the day, uh, life is this emotional energy core that, um, that, we, that we heal. That's really one of the purposes of our life is to heal that and to cultivate and grow that and to open that and share that with the world and with others. And we can't do that if we're completely dominated by, uh, by the head. Um, you know, this expression is your heart in it. There's a reason for that, right? Um, it's one thing to have your head in the game. But, you know, for me, if your heart isn't, uh, you know, there, you know, the head will figure it out. But if the heart isn't in that, I'm just, I don't know how long you can last really waking up in the morning, looking yourself in the mirror, taking care of yourself, not suddenly becoming distracted by taking drugs and solving, trying to solve sort of, uh, you know, stuff that you're going through without actually listening more to your, uh, to your instincts and your intuition and your heart. Yeah. So you went through the period where you kind of came off the rails a little bit um, and, you know, delved into the wrong places to find kind of satisfaction. What kind of, what happened next? Well, I, you know, I was living in the States up till uh, I got through college and I was completely being driven by this obsession uh, uh, as everyone was there that, you know, you got to, you got to pick a living, you got to race along, you got to, you know, engage in something. And I just wasn't clear at all on who I was or what I wanted to do. And I was 21 and, you know, and there's so much pressure, uh, you know, when you graduate from school about, you know, what are you doing next? Uh, where are you going next? And it's like everyone has a story about, oh, I'm going this, I'm doing this. I'm doing... And I didn't really uh, know what I was going to do. I'd, I'd actually taken the LSAT exam which is the, the law school entrance exam that you take. Yeah. I took two preparatory courses for this thing. Nobody does this, okay? Wow. And I still failed, like, horribly. Oh. I mean, like, you know, like, shame, yeah. shame horribly, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm, like, drinking vodka, jumping up on the bed, you know, I was so upset. 
and I, I, you know, I kind of got a sense, I, I feel then that uh, I needed a break somehow because I didn't know what, where this was going. Uh, I'll take a break for a year and a half and, uh, you know, go uh, travel to Europe and we'll just kind of see what comes of this. I didn't, that was kind of my response to, to this. And I think it was a gut response. It was a heart response because my head couldn't figure this out. I couldn't reconcile with myself that I should fight through this, that it's just, you know, you just got to, you know, be tenacious and, you know, just deal with it. And again, to sort of go through the pain and like, uh, I just wasn't working for me. You know, something wasn't resonating. You know, I wasn't aligned. So luckily, three weeks after I got out of college, I got on a plane, flew to Paris, uh, and started a job as a mailboy for a few months and then found another job. I uh, was traveling around Europe for a few months with friends, came back and, uh, you know, started to... Uh, started to live a little bit here in Paris. And in that time, I realized very quickly that even though it looked very sexy to be a lawyer on LA Law and these other TV shows that I was, you know, immersed in at the time, uh, sexy, nice cars, great clothing, you know, overall it was, it was a default yeah. decision for me. I didn't want to become a lawyer at all. I didn't like, you know, like fighting with people and verbally, you know, I, was, I have like an own, my own kind of logic, but not that kind of logic, you know? <laughs> Uh, and just because I'd done good in school didn't mean that that's what I should do with my life. You know, we, we sometimes get really good at things yes. that we shouldn't be doing, right? It's like you sometimes say in your job, don't get too good at the things you don't want to, yeah. you know, end up doing or being because everyone's coming to you for that. You know, they look at you and say, oh my God, you did that so amazingly. And you hate it. Yeah. So... It's I was lucky to know what you want to do with the rest of your life, oh. when you're like 21 or young. You know, how are you supposed to know? You don't know at that age. You have to just figure it out, really. Yeah, you have to figure it out. And there's so much pressure. And also, in one respect, society is kind of telling you what you should decide. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. it makes you think a little bit about what they're doing now in Finland, right, with the school teaching, where it seems they don't even have homework anymore. Uh, and for me, that seems like that would be almost a better kind of shifting for people to, to actually really start to, they have to go from inside to out to come up with using their creativity and their imagination, the resourcefulness to say, what are my next step? It's not like, you know, there's this infinitude of choice today. I mean, we don't realize how spoiled we are. You know, we focus on all the bad news because the bad news is like ubiquitous. But there's so many amazing things that are happening in the world. And there's so many people doing extraordinary things that we can model, follow, work with, grow with, support, mm -hmm. uh, instead of necessarily, you know, railing about this and complaining and, you know, endlessly fighting and stuff. And of course, there is a time for, you know, rebelling and fighting and, uh, and all these things, surely, and protesting, etc. I'm not saying that. But when we get too fixated on that, it becomes our excuse. And we start following that path too much. Yeah. Uh, I feel you end up making the bad choices. I probably would have gone to law school if I was more feeling that way and thinking, oh, there's something inside me said, there's something else going on. Give yourself the time to roam. Another thing we never let ourselves do, you know, let yourself roam uh, without a purpose. Uh, this whole concept that those that wander are not all lost. Uh, there's, there's this downtime, this, uh, this, this moment where you get into your senses and you stuff that brings you a certain amount of pleasure. And if your radar is a little bit on, you have an intention of receiving, you can get you know, information that's coming to you and also from you in a way that's not um, blocked and influenced by so many of these layers of, uh, of media bombardment and, and cinema. It's like me going back into Beverly Hills and, 
and saying, if I, if I can't, you know, at 16 have a Ferrari and, you know, live in a, you know, 20 house man, 20 room mansion uh, and be able to base to do whatever I want that, you know, my life's a failure. Uh, and that's so wrong. Yeah, it's so up in those confines, isn't it? If you don't tick those boxes or you live a certain way or you get, like you said, you don't, you know, if you were brought up in that environment and go to law school was the next thing, get a good job, you know, get a decent degree, you know, all of those things. And of course, that's the kind of, that's the thing we want to break with Kitty Talks is to say, actually, you know, you're like you, you, you're like you are doing, you're a living example of creating a lifestyle around something that you love and you enjoy, you know, and actually you can't put you in a box you know, because actually what you're doing is so new paradigm and so out there. Um, and we want to show people that actually that is highly and truly possible, like you said, with what is available nowadays. You know, we can manifest and create our own realities. We just have to realize that it all comes from us, basically. Yeah, and I, I, I even, you know, it, it seems uh, in some ways it's harder today, in some ways it's easier today. Uh, you know, when I, when I left... Uh, uh, you know, I've been now in uh, uh, in France for 25 years, and when I came, it was uh, you know it was a completely different place than it is now, wow. uh, with more opportunities on some levels, and other ways it was much more uh, it was much more uh, complicated. But really, it's again, no matter it's like a timeless situation. I really feel it's really when you start to take the ownership for it, to to uh, even if it means taking a break, leaving a job you hate. Uh, not choosing to go to a certain school, you know, but doing something, not doing nothing necessarily uh, entirely, I guess, but, you know, giving yourself the permission to do that and also getting very strategic about how you can actually make that a possibility for yourself. Yeah. You know, do you have to save money for a year and not, you know, go out to the pub every night or whatever it is yeah. uh, and learn to actually cook better, learn to actually, you know, buy a, a beer in bulk so that you can have it at home at 25% less expensive. Whatever it is, when you get a little bit more strategic about these things, uh, it's certainly a way to tactically get yourself in a position where maybe you can take a longer time off to give yourself that break because it takes a little bit of getting out of this like unbelievable filtering, uh, this like brainwashing kind of stuff that's going on. Uh, yeah. uh, and I did this sort of a similar thing when I left my, left my uh, movie business job uh, about five years ago, I said, I'm going to let myself roam a little bit. I'm kind of going to go like this. And, you know, I did everything I possibly can to position myself to be able to, to have that opportunity and, and, and make the sacrifices and get strategic about it and tactical. And, uh, you know, that again enabled me to have the room and the space to, to roam a bit, to explore a bit, to adventure a bit, to test and try and experiment all these things that lead to transformation and change and, shift of life, of career, of relationships, uh, you know, but you, you've got to get a little bit out of this like crazy thing here and dip a little bit deeper, maybe into the, the subconscious, uh, which our senses help us do a lot. Mm, absolutely. Whereas, you know, we're all, I think we're born into a rat race, aren't we? And then when we, we don't necessarily know when we're younger that there is a rat race, you don't even know, you just take that for gospel, that that is your reality. And actually, it's only when we have those moments where we shift out that we can actually realize that there's so many simultaneous worlds happening around one another. And actually what we bought into or what we were sold doesn't necessarily have to be our reality. Um, yeah. So tell me a bit more. You, um, you came to Paris. You said you took a number of different jobs. And then what happened next? Uh, when I came to Paris, I basically taught English uh, here for about four and a half years. I was learning the language. I didn't surround myself by any expatriates. 
I was really hanging out with French people. I was like, I came here to learn the culture, to learn the language. Uh, you know, I'm like, if I can't make people laugh in their language here, I'm troubled. So in the meantime, you know, I'm using facial expressions to make them laugh and do whatever, you know. Uh, and to learn the language very quickly in the way that I best knew to learn, which wasn't going to school, but was a lot of reading on my own, a lot of talking, a lot of listening, wow. uh, you know, using, again, all of my senses to absorb uh, and read signs. And I just spent a lot of time doing those kinds of things, uh, you know, giving myself a certain momentum uh, to uh, accelerating, you know, learning the language through, through culture, through hanging out with, uh, you know, with French people, really, uh, which, which really gave me an immersion that, you know, all people talk about and then they come here and they like hang out with expatriates. And it's like, well, no, you, it, it's... Uh, it's uh, yeah. It takes so, to do that, like to yeah, do sure. That. <laughs> you yeah. don't understand a lot of stuff, but again, it's like think about think about us losing some senses. This is like another ultimate experience. Yeah. You come into a situation, it's like I don't understand. Well, what happens when the blind guy walks? In? Yeah, yeah. What happens when the deaf person walks? In? What happens when the person who can't smell is having a dinner at a four-star restaurant? I, uh, there's so many other things going on that you can rely on to connect with people. You know, energetically, the way that you reach out to them, you know, expressing what you can, making the effort to actually share that and just being very attentive. You can understand a lot more than you believe uh, uh, you can. And, and that we all get over this, again, this like seriousness of like, oh, I have this bad accent. I mean, you know, yeah, letting, let other people decide that. Stop believing these things, you know? Yeah. So yeah, there's a big, for me, it was a big jump. Uh, it was kind of an adventurous jump to a completely new, very strong culture. Uh, you know, I was so amazed. I mean, again, the, the naivete you can have when you live uh, in certain places. I mean, the United States with its you know, huge um, um, uh, TV and music culture, and even, you know, the UK, a lot of ways, the music culture. I remember uh, when I was, uh, I did a little trip around uh, Europe, and I was actually in Spain in a place called Ronda, which is this gorgeous, very deep ravine uh, uh, town, uh, medieval, etc. And I went to a nightclub. I was all alone. I went to a nightclub that night. And walked in, it was packed, and all they played for like four hours was Spanish music, Spanish language music, which is <laughs> mostly Spanish music. And I just, I was like, first of all, I'm like stunned. I'm like, is there that much Spanish music? Right? I mean, like, I mean, how silly and naive was I about all the other cultures that exist in the world, all the other, um, you know, music, all the other values and things, all the other ways of looking at the world. Uh, you know, it was really like a, a cold shower to me. I mean, people singing all night long and dancing as if they were listening to the stuff that we sing and dance to, except we have no sense that that exists. Yeah. You know, we have no appreciation for that. We have no exposure yeah. to that. We have no initiation uh, to, to that. You know, there's, you know, so getting a little bit of this sort of hegemonic way of seeing your life, your world, there's only one way, there's only one path. It's all IBM or nothing, you know. Uh, there's there's a lot more colors, a lot more variety, a lot more choice than uh, than we can appreciate. So for me, that was a huge part of of that coming here was suddenly realizing, you know, there's all these 25 different countries around within two hours uh, mm -hmm. by flight, uh, and it was such an incredible, incredible eye opener, which today I still can't believe, uh, you know, how fortunate I am to live in in Paris. I mean, I'm pinching myself every day or when I walk outside. You know, I sometimes do videos about that. I just look like I'm just like, like it's silly, like, you know, like I just got off the boat. 
I'm like, oh my God, I live in Paris, you know, which is, you know, which is pretty rare, actually. A lot of people's, you know, most visited country, pretty much. Uh, most visited city, uh, it's debatable, all that stuff, but okay, we'll say it that way. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, for Americans, there's only 0.025% of all Americans worldwide live in France. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm part of a, I mean, live here, wow. but a residence. So I know people just passing for a couple of years, don't have second homes, are not just, you know, People yeah. have actually lived and made a life here. It's, uh, wife it's is French, isn't she? My wife is French, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So you're there for good now. That's that's it pretty much. Well, here and all over the world. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so then when was the idea of the sensorial experience born? Uh, that was really a couple of years ago. I mean, I'd been spending our time uh, when I left uh, the movie industry about four years ago. Uh, I was really, uh, I was really into food, uh, in the sense of cooking it and, and realizing the power that food has to gather people. And when you, uh, when you uh, put the right in, intention around the food and you create a celebration, festiveness, um, you know, f- like three-star experience around food and even in your own home for for people that you welcome. Um, in what you prepare, how you prepare it, how you how you talk about it, how you explain it, how you story it, tell about it, how your passion is infused through what you're actually creating, and truly in in an artwork, in a in almost a meditation. Also, you know, once you once you do that, you know, kind of enough, you start to realize that uh, there's so much in the in the in the uh, uh, in the joy of everyday living that can come through. Uh, these shared moments around around food, and so we have a few of these every day if we're lucky, and if we use them well, and we get strategic about how to actually make that something that's pleasurable, that's a moment of uh, of grace and giving of love, um, that's a moment of self care, that's a moment that's meditative. I mean, you know, it's it's really incredible to me how many people have again been um, influenced by a very negative perception uh, of what it is to actually spend time, uh, you know, uh, cooking your own food room and what that sort of, all that that involves, uh, that it's such a task, that it's this, this horribly time-consuming, all these like negative words, right? Uh, when for me, it's like there's, there's almost nothing more um, beautiful than, uh, than cooking and spending time with food and feeling things with your hands mm. and brought, buying gorgeous products and actually when you're actually sourcing stuff, developing relationships with the people that you actually buy things from. Mm-hmm. So they, they know who you are. They know what you love. They, their excellence is your excellence. I mean, there's so many things, you know, the, the whole creativity element that comes beyond creating, a, you know, food, the, the whole spontaneity, the whole not following recipes, creating from nothing. I mean, there's, there's so many elements to it that for me are the basis of actually creating a gorgeous daily existence that can be full of so much beauty with very small, you know, changes actually in the way that you uh, that you where you go about things. I mean, let's be real. You got to spend a bit of time. I mean, but you got to spend a bit of time with anything to get kind of good at it, or even to appreciate, or even to know what you don't know, right? Mm. Uh, and so, I had such a passion for that, for that. Uh, what food did actually? How it had transformed my life, my vision of what makes life beautiful. Uh, you know, spending time with people around a gorgeous meal for hours, and actually, the entertainment is is us. Yes. You don't have to say, oh, we're going somewhere afterwards. And not that that's not great also, but it's like the entertainment is, is us. It's our stories. It's our 
suddenly someone is singing. It's suddenly someone's playing a guitar. Uh, uh, it's, you know, we're telling stories about our family. We're connecting more deeply. Um, you know, again, if we do this in a bit of a way that really opens up, we have such an opportunity where we're in a moment of, again, I come back to this pleasure and release and freedom. We feel good when we're sitting in these moments here. And that's the greatest moment to actually open up and share. We feel trusted. We feel love. We're eating something from somebody who takes a lot of trust. Yeah. You know, we're, we're believing that the food is healthy and nourishing. Uh, and yet also beautiful and gorgeous, enticing, smells good. Uh, and you can tell it was prepared by someone who wants to transmit their love to us. Yeah. And they're caring, they're attentive. They're sending us a message that you mean something to me. So there's a lot of meaning around that. So I actually jumped from my job to say, I'm going to do a startup, kind of like Airbnb. I'm yeah. going to gather people around food around the world. I'm going to go to Kitty's place because I see that, you know, she lives in a place in the UK I want to go visit. And she's interested in this and that and this. I'm going to go be able to talk with her. She'll be able to tell me about the local stuff. And it'd be like, we're friends. I'd, you know, I'd show up and, you know, gosh, it'd be something like instant moment of being welcomed from friends in a, in a place maybe you never knew. Well, you don't know anybody. Yeah. And so I wasn't the first to come up with this idea, but I was certainly the most passionate about it. Wow. Uh, and, and yet it didn't really go anywhere because uh, I, uh, I got a little bit of a feeling in my gut that I was leading to something that was going to be very impersonal and suddenly venture capitalist and suddenly, you know, I was creating something where actually, well, wait a minute, I want to be part of the, the meal. And I don't want to just build a platform that allows people to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So I jumped from there and a couple of weeks after it's I... Uh, I turned to go do a, a coaching experience in the UK uh, and had a gorgeous experience and something very, uh, uh, very emotional, full of feeling and imagination stuff. I was like, wow, this is extraordinary. Uh, and that kind of opened me up to this other sense that, you know, again, I've uh, always been very fascinated by, uh, uh, by how we expand and how we, and how we grow. And at the same time, really believe that things are more like nature that, you know, we go, we go organic, organically, um, you know, with parasites or not or whatever. I mean, there's this kind of like wild jungle thing, you know, versus sort of like the only man-made, only driven by the head, only, you know, rational kinds of things. And I felt, I felt a lot more free in this kind of a space of creativity. So I wanted to mix these kinds of things together. Uh, and uh, I'd been looking at somebody uh, named John Levy. Uh, also, at in New York, who does something called the Influencer Dinners. It's a, you can read about that online. He was gathering very uh, lots of luminaries of different fields of scientists and actors and all these kinds of things, uh, and bringing them into a, to space to actually cook together. Uh, and so there'd been that. There'd been some other sort of high-level mastermind groups that I'd attended because I was saying I want to gather people. I'm just trying to find the right mix of things and and also excuse me, also make it something that would be tremendously meaningful for people. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a perfect blend between going to, let's say like a dinner party, you know, a four star chef tasty menu event, going out maybe to a theater uh, or to an improv class. uh, And at the same time, maybe there's a, a part of it that's really about, you know, how do we grow ourselves in this world without it being something that's on the extreme of, uh, you know, kind of hardcore, you know, transformational uh, work that's just a little bit too, uh, a little bit too square for me, a little bit too rigid feeling for me, a little bit too uh, uh, perhaps structured uh, sure. in some ways for, for me. So it was like, how could I actually mix all these things that really fascinate me into an experience that uh, could really be driven by uh, pleasure? And yes. again, not 
pain, uh, driven a lot more by how do we drop into something more embodied, more, you know, soma, more uh, touching our emotions and our feelings. And to get out of here, which I mean, there's a, I just go on Google if you want to stay here, right? Uh, but, you know, bringing this into something that's a little bit, you know, more uh, um, leaning on the beauty of life and what we can share and learn from each other and absorb and give and receive, and that the generosity, the abundance of life is in this kind of an experience. And if you come into it and you can't talk about your work and you can't ask where someone's from and you can't mm-hmm. do this little chat that is a kind of a distraction polytest or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you actually get to more of the kind of uh, essentials without really even you know, aiming to do that, but you got you to kind of connect in a different way. Yeah. And this is where it gets interesting for me. It's, you know, this is how we actually really connect to other people from an energetic heart place. And so I created uh, uh, an evening that originally had started with uh, one very uh, well-known speaker friend who was coming to, to Paris. And I kind of was curating an event around her, and I'd never done something public around her uh, or with anyone. And uh, it was kind of getting close to the event, and no one was buying tickets, and I didn't know what to do. I got kind of, I kind of panicked, really. And it's started cool. reaching out. Sorry? It was typical in the events world. No one buys tickets until the last minute. Yeah, so I, I had no idea. So uh, I started to reach out, and I, I reached out to a lot of people, uh, including Jerry Llewellyn Davis, who you know well. And uh, I actually gathered 10 different contributors to this experience, five who were speaker people. Uh, with various uh, uh, fascinating uh, subjects. On the other side, I had five uh, live performance artists of different different natures. So uh, I kind of, you know, out of kind of a, a position of trying wow. to create more pleasure for everybody and more, bring more value to experience. And, and of course, we filled up. Uh, and it was like this crazy evening with like 15 courses served. And it was all done kind of one after the other because it's a lot about really uh, bringing your attention and your uh, reception and your, and your life energy and everything to one person who's either, you know, performing or we're eating a dish together and we're appreciating the beauty and I'm telling the story behind it. And I'm really bringing you into a very, um, uh, a very uh, focused uh, appreciation of, of what you're uh, sensing. Uh, so it's a bit of a sort of initiation uh, to how can you go a little bit deeper than, oh, this tastes good. Uh, well, let's just stay with that a little bit and let's also try and externalize it and express it with words or, mm-hmm. um, you know, expressions on our face or whatever kind of comes out mm-hmm. to just kind of stay with that a little bit longer together uh, and on the same thing and not be distracted by there's also someone speaking or talking or performing, uh, you know, so there's all these like sensory things of overload and let's kind of let's kind of spare that out a little bit uh, so that we can go a little bit more deeper on some of these things together and and amazingly, this really liberates you from uh, an overly intellectualized mental, uh, you know, uh, perception of what's kind of happening to you. And, you just uh, have yeah. some fun with it by the sounds of the Yeah. Thing. You know, it just sounds it's amazing. All, it's all, yeah, it's, it's mostly, I mean, there's, there are moments of, you know, different kinds of tears, whether it's happiness or sadness, depends on kind of what's going on, because that's all part of it. Again, it's, for me, it's really opening up people to, sensing that you know everything that we experience is uh is we have to be really open to and brave uh, i would say to uh, to let like life uh you know happen to us and, and also us create the life we want to have and that sometimes that takes a certain emotional um energy uh 
to uh, to surmount a lot of this stuff that we're living in. A certain resiliency also with everything that happens, so we can get over things quickly and keep and keep going on. Uh, uh, you know, with uh, with our again our heart in it, and you know, bringing artists. Artists are like the greatest example of people who pursue their passion and uh, feel that they're that that's their purpose of actually teaching people yeah. is through is through their art. And I feel nothing is more beautiful than spending time with artists. And that's one other thing I would say to everyone who's listening here. If you, if you don't have artist friends uh, or people that, um, you know, maybe have jobs, but they play the guitar or whatever, you know, spend more time with these people, create experiences, gather people around for these. It's different than going to a public concert, a public thing, um, Mm -hmm. do something a little bit more intimate kind of settings. And you'll just really, uh, you'll open up a certain side of yourself through your sensory perception and feeling of things that, you know, will generate this, you know, like crying in the movie thing that we get, which is such a great experience or, you know, laughed like crazy laughter, like you can't stop yourself. Or, uh, and, you know, it's in those moments where we can really connect more deeply with ourselves. If we have just a little bit of an attention of being aware, we suddenly say, wow, I get so much pleasure here, so much joy here. Um, I want to do more of this. I want to pursue more of this. And you start to actually, you know, open up possibilities, I feel, for yourself. Mm. And what's next, David? Like, you're obviously, you're planning some amazing events across the globe. Um, amazing experiences, I would say, rather than events. Um, and what's next for you? Yeah, I always, uh, I always wonder, you know, how much you should talk about what's next for you. But <laughs> or, or we can just stay in the moment. That's <laughs> But I can, I can tell you, I mean, because we just never know at the end of the day, you know, you go after something. And again, I'm so much about, you know, I want today to be amazing. I just don't, I don't want to delegate my pleasure and my, my purpose, and my mission, everything, other than really making today, uh, you know, this time with you, any moment to make it a celebration, make it really joyful. So as much as I can, when I do that, the more that I do that, the, the more, uh, you know, the more rich my life is, the more abundant my life feels, the more appreciative and, uh, you know, gratitude that I feel. And, and suddenly you see my luck starts happening. Things open up to me and I get, I get the ideas and I get the support. And it's really quite uh, amazing. But with this said, uh, we are taking Sensorial Experience Day uh, to, uh, to four continents this year in 2017. Oh, wow. So we're, we're working uh, on that quite, uh, quite actively. Uh, and, uh, yeah, really the focus is, is there. I have other, let's say other vehicles to, uh, to, uh, to share with people in different forms, uh, in it coming this year, but I'm kind of keeping them for the moment a little bit tight to the chest. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but watch this spot. I mean, uh, you know, uh, really I want to be able to, uh, to support as many people as, as I, as I can to, to reconnect with this sense of feeling alive, which is really dependent only on them. They don't, you know, it's up to them to create these, this, uh, this ongoing deeper joy and to be able to kind of snap out of it, kind of become their own pattern breaker um, in, in life. The better we can get at that, you know, the more quickly we get out of things and just keep, keep rolling and climbing our own path. And I believe everything else kind of falls into place yeah, absolutely. I agree. Like by staying in the moment, like you said, by staying in the moment, really in the present, everything you flow, don't you? You don't need to be kind of disconnected. You don't need to be thinking what's next. You're just flowing with life and you know the right things are coming in. So, absolutely. Um, 
So David, thank you. That was really wonderful. I'm excited to hear more about the events that are going to happen all over the world. And actually, I want to come. I don't know why I'm saying like anything else because they just sound incredible. Um, so yeah, book me in. I want to know when the next one is. Um, but thank you so much for sort of sharing your wisdom and um, you've really actually really inspired me to create an experience this evening in my house, actually. I think I'm going to go. There you go. Yeah. That's great. Love that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I do this, <laughs> to hear that. That's great. Send photos. <laughs> <laughs> I will send photos. And if, for those of you who want to know more about David, we will have all his information, his website, his events, all in the show notes. But um, David, thank you so much for coming on Kids Talks and sharing your life journey uh, to inspire others to create this. Thanks, Kitty. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website, become a member of our exclusive club, and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group, exclusive webinars, and secret success interviews. See you there.